Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Welcome to the podcast, and I'd like to introduce to you our guest for this session, uh, Malou Bamer, and she is researcher, uh, teacher, designer, and director, all wrapped into one, and she's going to share some of her insights with you with regards to how she got from fashion design into wearables and what she's currently working on, as well as uh, the challenges that she's been facing and uh, Maybe her idea too on what's the future of integrating fashion in with wearables. Malu, take it away. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can quickly introduce myself. Thank you already for the introduction. Um, yeah, I think um, it's like you mentioned, it's all wrapped in one. I'm currently owning my own company where I do all these different fields. Um, in 2013, I graduated with a master's in fashion communication design. And during that master's, I did a research on integrating body movement and body language, human behavior into the design process of fashion. Uh, back in the day and now still, we see a lot of um, design on static mannequins and passive postures. And I think that is super strange for an industry that is really literally on your body and you're wearing it the whole day. So in that sense, um, that was my main inspiration where it all started. To uh, Malou's profile, when I took a look at it, because exactly what she said, um, I, and that's why I wanted her to be on the podcast, because it's a, it's a fascinating way of looking at a wearable, because we were discussing earlier before the podcast, is that a lot of people have resistance to wearing wearables because uh, it's bulky, it, it looks ugly, it, they don't move very well, it hinders their movement instead of actually allowing them to move like we want. So when I saw that that's, that was what she is working on, I thought this is the person to have on the podcast because that's exactly what we would like to see wearables move into. Instead of putting it on somebody and telling them move, the, the garment should actually enhance without us having to say anything for them to move. Just like, like a dancer, you know, a dancer has, they have this sense and they move and, and they flow. And so it's really nice to, to be able to, to see that someone is looking at that in wearables. Have you found that, was that a big challenge for you when you moved into your master's work with regards to that? Was there a lot of, were there a lot of people around you that were willing to help or were you out there alone, so to speak, with this. Not too many people that were familiar with that. Well, I think uh, for me, it was very clear from the beginning that I've been a dancer since I was young. So movement has always inspired me 
whether it be moving myself or indeed working with a moving body, uh, a body in action. And um, in that sense, it always made so much sense to me to actually use this perspective within the design industry. And, and at that point, I went for super low tech solutions to actually uh, bring my message across. I was doing communication, so it was all about finding the essence of your story and then sharing that with the uh, proper direction to the um, public and to your audience. But um, later on, after I graduated, I finally got the time to collaborate with technical partners, um, which was like a whole new experience in itself. And ever since I graduated, I always made collaborations with um, choreographers, dancers, um, but also super technical stuff like um, healthcare products, but also uh, I've worked together with the Dutch army to make a wearable for them. So um, the, it's super diverse. And in that sense, I think it's interesting to see how um, the development of wearables have been mainly focused on um, performance improvements. So healthcare, sports and safety are the three biggest fields, I think, within the wearable sector. But when you look into um, fashion tech, it's more about the values that fashion brings to the table. And then we are talking about communication, expression of personality and identity. And I truly believe that often we forget and neglect the importance of communication within our survival and evolution. So in that sense, I think this is a vital element to add to this whole realm of garments that are healthy for us. A caring garment is more about the complete experience and the adaptiveness about it instead of just looking at fixing a problem for me. And that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out and have you on the podcast because we were discussing earlier that that's, that's been a major issue with, with wearables. Uh, over the years in, in my clinical experience, a lot of people don't want to wear something that, that doesn't look good. They don't want to wear something that it's just, it, it's bulky. It, it limits it limits their motion in, in ways outside of the actual joint that we're trying to enhance or to improve. And so having someone that, that can look at it from the perspective that you do, I think is very important because not only do we want it to work and look good, but we want the person to, that's wearing it to feel good about it so that they will wear it and it will have the desired effect that we want it to have versus here, this is good. This is wear this, it's going to help you. And then they don't wear it and yeah. they don't get the benefit from it. Share with us a little bit about what you're currently working on. Um, yeah, before I do that, I completely agree with what you're currently saying is that um, I think it's super fascinating to see when you look into technology itself, the development of the cell phone we are all using nowadays most of the time, um, the user interface and the user interaction is key in that. But when we talk about physical products like three-dimensional literal products, uh, often we, we forget that the users should be the center of what we are doing and what we are designing. So um, I think the user-centered approach is key in this whole story. and. This is also something that I integrate in the current project that I'm doing. I am one of the 10 uh, lucky ones that were selected for the reframe um, design uh, collaboration. 
This is an EU-funded um, project where we are linked as a designer or artist to a team of scientists and technologists here in Europe to uh, come up with solutions for the fashion industry, um, which is currently super polluting, unhealthy, not environmental friendly, not human friendly. So in that sense, there are a lot of different elements. So all the projects are also very diverse. Um, and the project that I'm currently doing, um, my main hub is located in Berlin. I finally get to go there uh, next Sunday. So I'm super happy about that. Everything till now has been digitally because of COVID. So I'm happy to actually physically be there and work together. Um, and there, um, there is this party called uh, IZM Fraunhofer, and they are specialized in integrating electronics into garments using different kind of lamination techniques, for example. And um, we are trying to develop a garment that adapts to how much you want to stand out or be less noticeable. In the morning, when you stand in front of your closet, this is the key choice that you make. What am, what am I going to do? How much do I want to stand out? And the fact that now in 2021, where everything is becoming smart, our clothes are still passive and you need to make this choice based on the limited amount of knowledge you have without knowing what you're going to encounter the rest of the day. So we really strive towards a garment that is um, able to vis visibly change, but maybe in the future also adapt to your other needs in regards to comfort and safety, for example. I think it's a very important point because when I, we take a look at usability and we talk about user-centered design, um, as we go through our day, we also have a tendency to fatigue. So we may get getting tired. Um, can the clothing, can the, the clothing, can the wearable actually help us to become less tired? Can it help us elevate our mood if we are getting tired in the afternoon or into the early evening? You know, how can it also enhance, enhance our mood, enhance us psychologically so that physically we can carry out the rest of the day? We can, you know, we can go home and we can interact with our families. We can prepare dinner. We can, whatever we need to do, that that type of enhancement along the way can also be found in these particular wearables. Because right now I know a lot of the focus is on well, helping you to be able to move your, your arm or your leg, and that's a good thing, but at what point maybe it's gonna be harder for you to move your arm and your leg, so can that garment enhance in whatever ways or, or built-in technology-wise or fabric-wise, how the fabric moves, how it, how it feels against our skin, that then can enhance us when we need it, when we are slowing down, so to speak, and, you know, maybe into the afternoon. So, you know, again, that's what, that's what fashion designers look at. Uh, the other end, the, the tech side is that's not, that's not really what their focus is on uh, because of their training. So share some more with us, the, some of the, the projects that you're seeing there and how, how is this coming together? Because I've talked many a time with, with companies and on the podcast about interdisciplinary work. How much of that is going on where you're at, where people are meeting on a regular basis, that the tech people and the fashion people are coming together, the marketing people, the, you know, everybody that's coming together to work on these, these products. I, I, I call them products, but really I shouldn't, the wearables. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it is super interesting for um, this was the main objective for Reframe in the first place to combine and cross pollinate these different uh, directions and fields of expertise. It's like a little bit going back to the Renaissance, where you have these labs where people come together from all these different expertises and they cross pollinate their um, their knowledge and before you know it you have this super fruitful era in time where you come up with these amazing new ideas um, they try to recreate that a little bit with reframe I think and uh, of course because of the pandemic it was harder because we were not able to physically meet we have three hubs in Europe one is in Berlin one is in Linz and one is in Valencia and every hub has their own speci uh, speciality and um for me, Hub Berlin is mainly focused on tech, um, so integrating electronics into the garment itself. And um, what we see there is that um, there is a lot of things. The sky is the limit. It's super um, amazing to see how inspired you get by seeing the technology, seeing new manufacturing methods, for example, and try to look at them from a creative point of view to see how you can actually implement those uh, techniques into new innovative ways. Um, so therefore, I'm really looking forward to actually going there and uh, get inspired as well. Um, for this specific project, we are currently exploring two different concepts. One of them is integrating um, a backlit system of LEDs in the undergarment and then overlaying that with a mask layer and a top layer. So when you activate the LEDs, um, you can all of a sudden make patterns appear that weren't noticeable before, for example. So um, we really try to extend the lifespan of the pieces we own and triggering the interest that we have and the value we feel towards our garments um, by making it more adaptable in a visual sense. Um, the other concept is more about movement in itself. So when we talk about movement, you have the moving body, of course, in itself. Then you have um, that you could use that as a direct trigger. So when you stand in a specific position, you could use the tension within the fabric, for example, to reveal certain elements that were hidden before. But you can also think of the garment that is moving on its own. So Imagine, for example, a structure that can open up when it sense that the person that is wearing the garment is getting heated up. Or uh, when you're getting cold, that the thread can become a little bit thicker, so you have more warm absorption. Those are the really practical things. But again, you could also use that and implement that for the visual effect and try to make a garment in that sense adaptable also to show your uh, mental state. Um, so we're talking about different things. We are, we are talking about physical enhancement, almost like the superhuman we want to achieve. I don't know if that is my personal goal, but it's something that you see happening a lot within these conversations. And then you have the mental state of mind. For me personally, as a designer and researcher, the interaction between human to human, so in direct contact, not the digital world, um, that is the most interesting sociologically, but also um, to see what happens when you make an interference there, when you actually implement a fashion wearable in that situation and see how the interaction might be influenced as well. 
That's a very good point because when we talk about people wanting to use a wearable or not, we focus a lot of times on well how that the individual feels, but how do they feel interacting with another individual while they have this wearable on? If if they're feeling confident and comfortable about wearing it, that they find it useful and helpful, that interaction with with people will be better. Now, they they will feel more comfortable about themselves. They might think about walking better, uh, whatever the problem that they're having, they may actually focus more on, am I standing up straighter? Am I walking better? Is my arm moving better? And then of course, then the psychological benefits of their, their self-esteem improving. Maybe they're gonna go out to the, they're gonna go out to the theater now. Maybe they'll go out to the cinema. Maybe they'll go to a sporting event now where before they were on their own lockdown. They didn't wanna go out. And I think that's huge. And I see that in my profession as well, is that as people start to, their function improves, they feel more comfortable, um, their, their whole mental status changes. They, they, they're much more interactive. They can spend time with their grandchildren. They'll go out to dinner with their spouse. They'll be, go with friends. It's a wonderful thing to see. And so I think that that part is very, very important. And I think that with your background, moving that, forward into the tech component is, is very important because that's something that is not there. It's not there in wearables. We just don't see it on a large scale. Not only we were discussing earlier about that they're, they're just ugly. Um, yes, how can we beautify them? But at the same time, how can they show the beauty of the individual that's wearing them? That, 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 and I agree with you. I mean, human movement is beautiful. Um, I see in my line of work, I don't see the beautiful when people come in. I see the beautiful two months later, three months later, as people are slowly rehabilitated back. So this is what, gar what wearable garments are fascinating to me because is, is, there, is there something out there that a person can wear that will enhance what I'm doing with them so they get better sooner and they get back to themselves and who they really are quicker. Yeah. And it's also super interesting to see that when you talk about um, enhancing physical improvement, so um, health rehabilitation, for example, and there is not a lot of privacy issues. But when you talk about the mental state of mind, um, often when I talk with people about this, we get this conversation about privacy. And I think that's a very valid point. And I really want to point out as well is that with my adaptive garments, I'm not looking to design a wearable uh, lie detector, for example. I think it is essential to, um, yeah, to, to always keep in mind that the garments or the wearable that you are designing should be there to support the human that is wearing it at all times. So it should never expose stuff that you don't want to show or don't want to share. It should always be there to strengthen you as a human being. Mm -hmm. That is core and essence within my practice, at least within wearables. Yeah, and I think that's that's something we need to see more and more of in the, in the market. What's what's out there now, what, what I'm seeing in the research is all technical. And I think that's where the void is right now. And, and folks like yourselves are filling in that void because you're taking a look at, at it's a holistic approach. You're looking at the entire human being and, and not just their shoulder or their knee or their hip, but how do they feel and how can we enhance their, their feelings 
so that they can start to be basically get back to the person who they really are and that they're not those limitations in that. And I think that's that's really important that that work, you know, is there and continues to go on. What are some of the challenges that, that you have faced recently with regards to this this whole idea of moving moving fashion and, and integrating it in with tech? And then at the same time, instead of just having something that's beautiful but sterile, but enhances mood, enhances well-being, and brings people back to who they really are prior to whatever happened to them physically or mentally. You know, they could have had a psychological disorder from some sort of trauma. Um, and a garment, a wearable, can do could do good for the, the psyche as well as for the, the physiology of the body. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to that, there are, um, I'm currently actually writing a blog as well for reframe on part of the challenges that we are facing. And I think uh, with this, it is super important that you are aware of the three dimensions when you work with wearables that are super important. One is that there are projects that are really focused on a future vision. So coming up with that new blue sky thinking, you know, and that, that, that golden idea that will hopefully be the future without becoming super idealistic. On the other hand, it is also important to be aware of the current status quo within the target group that you want to trigger, but also within the industry that you want uh, to work in, because eventually they need to adapt to what you're doing. So in that sense, I think it is key to not only focus on that point on the horizon, but also um, take them by the hand and show them the roadmap to that point you want them to get to. Um, and the last part within this, it's education. And not only the education of young, bright designer minds, but also the education of the current industry. And then I'm talking about fashion, but also about textiles and about tech, um, because it's also being part of this evolution and being open for new um, yeah, new developments that can take your products to the next level. So I think that is one of the challenges that um, when you want to combine all of these things within one project, you need a lot of resources, which are often not there. So therefore, it's okay, I think, to zoom into specific elements of this with specific projects, but always be aware of that bigger framework that you're working in. And besides that, what I notice myself is that currently there are a lot of amazing developments within technical universities and within uh, research labs all over the world. But um, their main objective often is research in itself and then producing a paper. And then they have this amazing thing that works often within the lab environment. But as soon as I want to implement that as a designer in my project, it's not ready yet, or it's, it doesn't work within a regular environment, or uh, people don't want to share it open source. So in that sense, I think there is this big gap between the knowledge that we are gathering as researchers and the knowledge we actually need to make a difference for a healthier yeah, fashion future, but also a future for whole humanity. So in that sense, I truly hope that there will be more collaboration in that. And like you mentioned before, often wearables are not the most prettiest things. 
So it's it's also a kind of realization that it's not only about functionality, but it's also about usability and the aesthetics of it. And if uh, these things will be more embraced by um, the technical part, then um, this can truly elevate the products to the next level. With that last part, I don't mean that they need to become the designers because they have their own expertise, but team up with the designers that are open for it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I've, on my podcast, I've, I've interviewed people that are actually in the midst of doing research. Uh, one gentleman, he is currently working on a single IMU. And a, it's, a, it's a sensor. And of course, he's not talking much about it because he is in the midst of working on that. But that's fascinating. But you're right. You know, you look at something like that and say, that's, that's incredible. That's going to open up so many doors. But at the same time, how many people are influencing him in the research lab from your perspective, from another perspective, where it's going to be something that's usable. I mean, you can, there's how many inventions have been out there that were useless because you could not apply them. Technically strong, but could not apply them. And so I think that that's a really good point. And that's one of the points I'm, I try to make on the podcast is can I bring people from different disciplines onto the podcast so that as my listeners can sit and say, wow, that's something I didn't think of. And maybe somebody on the technical side will hear this podcast and go, I'm going to call her. I'm going to email her because I never thought about that. And we do. We all need to be together. I think one of the biggest problems, I, and I'm going, to, I'm going to put myself in this camp as a, as a clinician, when I work with people, I get very focused, become very problem oriented because I have to be. But at the same time, sometimes I lose sight of the holistic approach. How am I treating an, an area, but yet am I looking at the whole person? Is my treatment set up for the whole person? Or is it just to get this problem under control? And I think we can all run into that problem no matter where we're from. We, we have a tendency to focus on how we were trained. But can we step out of that like you are doing? You are, I like the fact that you are saying, I'm going to Berlin because I want to be around the technical people. I want to integrate that. So you're taking a weak spot that you have and you're going to strengthen it by actually sub submersing yourself in that. And I think that's important because if we, if we as people that want to get into and help make wearables usable for people, we need to get out of our comfort zone like, like you're doing. And I think that's something that is really important. And I, I hope more of the people out there in the research world will do that because I, I share the same feelings that you do. When I read a research article and I look at it, I said, well, that's really good, but I don't think I can integrate that in my clinic with my patients. It's just not going to work functionally. And then, okay, what do you do then? You know, well, okay, that was a nice research article. Next, you know, read something else of that. What do you see here in the near future, in the next five years? What do you see from your perspective would be some big breakthroughs with fashion really truly now integrating with tech? Well, I think it will work in both directions. Uh, let's first tackle the fashion side because fashion is one of the most polluting industries in the world. We have to change. It's not a choice of if, but about when. When are we going to change and how are we going to do it? So I think the industry itself um, can use the whole pandemic now, the whole flatlining of 
the commercial cycle that we've been in for decades, um, that we can break, hopefully break through that and come up with new innovative business models that are more healthy and more sustainable in the long run in every sense of the word. Um, and I think uh, tech can have a really interesting impact there as well when you look industry-wise, but also uh, the performance of the garments themselves. And from the technical side, I really hope that they will embrace um, the, the design element a little bit more, see the value of that, and then um, make sure that the products that we will put in the market uh, over, over the next five years will actually be pretty things that we want to wear um, and that are suitable for us and that are caring for us and that will adapt to our needs. That is what I hope. Um, I don't have like a glass globe where I can look into, but um, I, I, I try to be in that sense idealistic because um, yeah, we simply have to. We have to come up with bright ideas and then eventually bring it back to very feasible solutions at the moment. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential and the more we cross pollinate all these different fields whether it be super technical or biological or fashion oriented or really diving into the materials themselves throughout the whole value chain within tech and within fashion, there's a lot that we can change and that there's a lot that we can make more circular than it is right now. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for all of your insights. This has been wonderful. It's definitely a perspective that I'd like the listeners to have. And so they certainly have got a a very good idea of that. And um, I want to wish you the best in your future as well, especially now being able to get to Berlin and get in, get immersed in tech. And um, like to have you on again in the future, uh, a year from now, two years from now, and see what is going on. What are you doing now in this particular field? Because I think it's, it's well worth and it's way overdue to make wearables look nice and make people feel good about wearing them and actually not even thinking that they are wearable so they can just put them on and live their life, which, which um, I'm a big proponent of that very much so. So again, thank you very much for uh, your time coming on here and I'll be in contact with you in the future and see what you're, you're up to then. Yeah, thank, thanks a lot for having me and good luck on your journey. I'm really curious where your podcast will take you. So good luck to you as well. All right, thank you. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well. <laughs>